Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. Welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm your host, Brad Ward. Special edition tonight. Uh, I found myself over these past... uh, few weeks anytime we were discussing Deshaun Watson often saying I'm no expert or prefacing my comments with I'm not a lawyer but multiple people have been doing that so I thought it was appropriate that we reach out to a lawyer so tonight Jeremy M. Evans Esquire of California Sports Lawyer he's the founder CEO and managing attorney there Uh, Also, host and executive producer of Believe in Sports Law podcast of the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Thanks to Cam Rogers for hooking up uh, this great interview with Jeremy, who is fantastic. Um, And without any further ado, here is the interview. And I'd like to welcome a very special guest to All Eyes on Cleveland tonight. He is the founder of... CEO and Managing Attorney at California Sports Lawyer. He is also the host and executive producer of Believe in Sports Law Podcast of the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland, Jeremy M. Evans, Esquire. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be with you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to you. Uh, obviously, you know, Cleveland fans, Browns fans, a lot, uh, you know, weighing on our fan base these days on Watson trade and everything that has come with it, kind of the cloud that moved from Houston over over top of Cleveland here. But, uh, you know, I've been looking, you know, I as I tweeted the other day, I'm not an expert. I don't know. I'm guessing on a lot of these things, you know, and we're kind of first to talk. I'm really glad we get to talk to somebody that, that knows the stuff in and out. Uh, so I appreciate your time here tonight, Jeremy. Of course. My pleasure. Looking forward to getting into it with you. Yeah. So I wanted to start with kind of the most recent here. I felt like, and I think some Browns fans were feeling like, we might have been nearing a decision from the NFL, right? They interviewed Deshaun Watson once. They, they you know, had intentions to interview him again. We kind of heard the end of June as kind of a ballpark time frame of when maybe this stuff would get uh, to the arbitrator. Um, and then we get this uh, case number 23, right, <laughs> after the HBO Real Sports special. Um, and case 23 is kind of loaded here. So in your opinion, how does, does this change anything for Deshaun Watson, his camp, Rusty Harden? How does case 23 change things? You know, um, I don't know if it changes it that much 
in terms of, you know, he's already, there already is the existing 22 cases, right? And this 23rd case, unless of course the facts of this case are completely different than, than, than the others. And there's something more salacious about this one than the others, or there's, there's more, you know, evidence towards that. You know, I, I wouldn't put, you know, um, with, with obviously no disrespect to the alleged victim, I wouldn't put too much, you know, sort of legal weight on one additional case other than it's just cumulative, right? Um, yes. But I, but I, I will say this with Deshaun Watson, and it's such an interesting situation because, you know, it's like I'm sitting here and I'm comparing it to, I often compare it to like other leagues, and I say, okay, well, how would Major League Baseball handle this versus the National Hockey League versus the NBA versus MLS? versus any other league compared to the NFL. And you look at, for example, Trevor Bauer uh, and his situation versus, let's say, Deshaun Watson. Some people may say, oh, these things have nothing to do with each other. But if you look at it and you say, okay, well, here's Trevor Bauer with the Dodgers. You know, he signed this, you know, three-year 75 or I think it was three-year $100 million contract where he's, he's getting paid, you know, 35 40 million dollars a year sort of a short-term, you know, uh, high-risk, high-reward type deal. And he signs the deal, and then, of course, he pitches for a year, and then he gets in trouble with regard to an allegation by a woman that says, you know, he, he you know, sexually abused her. They were not married or anything like that. And then, of course, he gets suspended uh, administrative leave for a period of time as the investigation is ongoing. Uh, the, the local Pasadena police found nothing in terms of, uh, you know, not enough to, to charge for a crime. District Attorney obviously didn't pursue it. Uh, civil, uh, there was no civil issues there. There was no settlement. And then, of course, you have uh, Baseball doing their own investigation. And then, you know, the result of, of that, which was in somewhat, in some sense, inconclusive because Major League Baseball didn't really issue any report as to what happened and what they found. Um, mm-hmm. probably for confidentiality purposes. But the, the point is, is that when Trevor Bauer is issued with a, you know, year-long suspension, uh, you know, which is 162 games. Yeah. And so, I'm obviously not going to pitch every game, but, you know, ultimately suspended for a season. I just bring that up because, um, I, you know, it's just interesting to compare how the NFL is handled it versus Major League Baseball. And the NFL is obviously doing their investigation. It sounds like... Um, you know, the, the, the Texas police or whoever was doing the investigation did not find enough for a crime. Uh, and then, of course, they have these ongoing civil suits. It, to me, in my mind, I'm sort of thinking, and I would hope that the Browns would have done their due diligence because this is, in some sense, a high-risk, high-reward move, right? Because they alienate, right. uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, and they say, okay, well, you're our guy, but then we're going to sign this, you know, superstar quarterback. And it's like, okay. Um, and then, of course, now they're in the position of kind of the wait and see approach of are they going to get to spring training or, you know, fall training or whatever and then go, hey, you know, um, by the way, you're going to be suspended for X amount of games. You know, and I think that yeah. uncertainty, but I guess the Browns took the risk and they said, hey, this is what we want to do. We're going to, you know, pick up this player. We're going to pay him, you know, a big salary and maybe it's just a risk they're willing to take, but, um, you know, hey, we'll see how it plays out for him and, and for and for Mr. Watson as well. Yeah, it is interesting. You know, I brought up the Trevor Bauer thing when that came forward. You know, it doesn't directly affect anything, but certainly it affects the optics, right? And you know that the NFL 
is going to take into account the optics of things. And so, you know, I directly, it certainly uh, will have some effect potentially on his suspension. Uh, 23rd case, there's an element to it that kind of scares me a little bit here. Um, and we're talking with Jeremy M. Evans, uh, CEO and founder of California Sports Lawyer, executive producer and host of Believe in Sports Law podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Jeremy, they uh, are alleging a uh, that Watson made payments to a third party, this Dion Lewis, um, to facilitate uh, some of these massages. Now, this the third case, the um, uh, uh, accuser is saying that uh, in three times that he that she met with uh, Watson that. They were set up by this Lewis, uh, Dion Lewis, and that, uh, and that there supposedly is record of a payment directly to Lewis. Now that sounds a lot like maybe something criminal, and that kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, thoughts on that? Well, I guess maybe talk to me a little bit about what are your thoughts as to the, the, the criminal aspect or even liability aspects with regard to the payment is the issue there that may be because um, here, here's the way I'm thinking about it and tell me if I'm wrong and if I don't have, uh, sure. you know, all the facts that you're looking at. But I guess for me, I see that and I say, okay, well, professional athletes have people pay for things for them all the time. So yeah. if, you know, I mean, and they manage their finances and I mean, that's frankly how they can sort of focus on the field and focus on what they have to do. And, and that's, and that's what, what money as a luxury buys you is it buys you the ability to, you know, have other people do things that you don't want to do, you know, make payments, do this and that. So if that is the case and it's just, you know, Mr. Watson was basically paying um, somebody to do the work, you know, to, 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 to get this service for him, right, this massage, yeah. well, that's okay. Um, but if there's something obviously more, uh, more afoot there, like, you know, maybe that's, I think that's probably what, what, what you were talking about is, is this a payment yeah. as, a settlement? Is this a payment like as hush money? Is this a payment as, you know, something more nefarious? I, you know, I yeah, think for hey, that's, services, that's, for right. services in advance, right? Like, so the right. accuser is saying that this Dion Lewis had knowledge of his intentions, which, you know, they're denying vehemently, obviously. Uh, but uh, that, you know, that kind of, hey, that sounds a little too close to prostitution maybe uh so are we a criminal or you know because twice he has been in front of grand juries and and not been indicted and that's kind of when the browns looked at this thing and all these teams kind of went back in on him right after the the you know no bill uh twice in texas then i've uh compared to the other cases kind of had a little more of a criminal element to the to the allegations in my opinion but it sounds like uh, you could. It kind of depends on how they categorize that payment, right? Yeah, I mean that 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 would obviously be an issue for him if it was anything more than just facilitating massage services, right? And obviously that yeah. comes down to state law too, because of, you know, um, depending on sort of where he's at. For example, if he's in Nevada, then you know, probably not an issue sure. because it's legal. Sure. But but. Sure. But um, but in other places, I will say this though too. From 
you know, oftentimes we forget about the mental health aspect of this stuff, right? Um, this is obviously a huge pressure on the alleged victims. There's probably huge pressure on Watson and, and his ability to perform on the field. You know, it has to have an effect on you, no matter how mentally tough you are. And the other thing I'll say about, you know, um, you know, high profile, you know, folks, uh, talent and the sort of thing who, you know, who I work with in my practice, it's an interesting thing because, um, you know, from the talent side, you know, often it's like, you know, you remember the, the thing that came up with, um, you know, with the owner of the Patriots, you know, Robert Kraft and, and sure. that controversy in Florida. And you hear about these things and, you know, it's one of those things where it's, I, I think ultimately it's, it's somewhat of a, um, of an issue from the standpoint that when you get a person who is famous, who has a lot of money and, you know, and I'm not justifying, you know, sort of what's happened. I think frankly, we don't even know what's happened at this point. The grand jury probably knows because they heard the evidence. Right. But I think for me, it's like the point with athletes, the point with celebrities is that, you know, when you're in a high profile position, I think a lot of times this is why you see people make these decisions is to go, okay, well, I've got this money, you know, um, I can't really go on a dating app. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal even joked about this recently where he said, you know, I went on a Tinder and people thought I was like, I was lying. Like they didn't think it was really me. Like why the heck would Shaq be on Tinder? And so in some sense, it's, again, I'm not justifying it, but I'm saying, hey, these folks, celebrities are in a difficult position because they're trying to date people. If you don't want to date another athlete or another celebrity, where do you go? And how do you do it, right? And then, and again, <laughs> prostitution is not a good thing, right? But I'm just, I'm saying that there's, uh, there, there's, there's some mental and sort of different aspects to this that I don't think people consider. Yeah, uh, certainly. That's an interesting, I hadn't thought of it that way, a very interesting way to look at it. Yeah, because, I mean, where do you go? What, you know... <laughs> Hopefully not not the things that he's being accused of, you know, uh, of these alleged. But I, I totally understand what you're saying. Uh, and uh, in in you know, like you said, we don't know what happened here. But you know, he wouldn't be the first athlete or famous person to be a victim of, uh, or not a victim, a target. Pardon me, uh, of uh, a money grab, right? And, and I've heard a lot of people accuse that. Um, now, 23 cases gets a little tougher, right? So, and that's where we are right now. And it's just the volume sometimes, I think, Jeremy, that overwhelms people. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, but they all have the one lawyer, Tony Busby, right? All 23 plaintiffs, uh, as we move forward here. Now, if you look at these cases and say, just give me an idea of your thought, right? Like, you know, We've heard four games, six games, eight games, ten games, and it's going to get appealed down to eight, you know, a whole season now we're hearing. You know, nobody really knows. This is going to go in front of uh, former district court judge Sue Robinson is the NFL and NFLPA um, elected or chosen arbitrator, right, uh, neutral arbitrator. Uh, eventually that's where the, all of these uh, this information and, and cases will be brought in front of her. And she will rule, and then Roger Goodell will have a chance to uh, rule as well, uh, is my understanding, um, as the process goes. But 
how you know when you when you think about these 22 cases, you know Rusty Harden has made this this case that only three of them overlap with the NFL code of conduct, and those are the three that he actually he claims he had consensual sexual encounters, and the women or the accusers are alleging that you know it wasn't consensual. That's Harden's cases. That just those three of the 23 cases overlap with the NFL code of conduct. I mean, how do you step back and view that? How would you view it? I mean, you know the law, um, and you're probably familiar with the NFL code of conduct. I would think that. I mean, how would you view it? And do you have an idea or a ballpark guess of what you would, your opinion, what his suspension will look like in the end? You know, it's such a good question, but it's also like such a tough one to answer because I don't know yeah, what the evidence is because we weren't, if we were in that grand jury, we'd have a lot more insight as to what, what was said or what was done. Um, and I think to their, to all of the parties credit, this has been kept somewhat under wraps, um, which I think is fair to both sides. I think it's fair because you don't want to put, you know, too much information out there about, you know, alleged victims and you don't want to put, um, you know, too much information out there in the public about the the accused, because you know, obviously, you want you want the you don't want the process with any you know uh, with any sort of um, you know court proceedings or or even administrative proceedings of the NFL to be corrupted by that. And so, yes, you know, to me, in my mind, you know, I think you have to base what sort of happened in in the past, and you have to look the NFL as to how did they handle certain situations. You know, for example, Ray Rice, who had, you know, the two, I think it was the two-game suspension, and then it was ultimately increased to, I think, four games, um, you know, later on, and then he never signed with another team after that. So there's also some unintended or maybe even intended, you know, um, uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, issues that come after that too, you know, yeah, and so intended punishment. Yeah. Right. Right. Or consequences from it. And so I think for me, I look at it and I say, okay, well, Ray Rice got four games and we're talking about, you know, one woman that he abused, but that stuff was obviously on videotape and that videotape was not available mm-hmm. to the NFL before. At least that was the argument. Um, you know, again, 23, you know, alleged victims. I mean, if their stories are all very similar and there's some evidence to that, you know, I don't think that, um, you know, a year, uh, you know, entire season is, 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 is too out of, um, you know, out, out of, out of, you know, sort of out of mind here. If we're talking about yeah. 23 alleged victims that can prove that, you know, something, you know, happened and that it was, uh, inappropriate, you know, at, at the least, um, you know, hey, I don't think a year is too, you know, far in advance. But again, I think that's where the big risk, big reward comes in for uh, for the Browns is to say, hey, we've got this great, talented quarterback. Uh, but, uh, you know, we also have these legal issues. So uh, it's, it's a difficult position for, for, I think, everybody. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, uh, I would agree. And uh, you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland special guest Jeremy M. Evans, founder and CEO and managing uh, attorney at California Sports Lawyer, also host and executive producer of the Believe in Sports Law podcast of the Believe Podcast Network, uh, also president of the California Lawyers Organization. Don't want to miss any of your credentials there. You're a highly credentialed <laughs> man. Thank you, my man. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, so we'll finish up with this here, okay? Selfishly, as a Browns fan, okay, when he came and he had press content, and let's be clear, you know, from the moment that that was really the first time he got to speak out, I was denied this and said he wants to fight every case. I have two questions. And they've agreed not to to have any of these civil cases during the football season. So take those months out of the year. Well, don't even do that. Don't even you don't even think about that, Jeremy. How long would it take to litigate twenty three civil cases? Well, if you figure the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case took about six weeks in Virginia. Okay. And that was for one on one in terms of there was, you know, counterclaims, a claim and a counterclaim for defamation. It was a different issue, but underlying similar in terms of domestic violence compared to, let's say, uh, sexual violence or sexual abuse or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yep. And, and I would say, and that's, you know, that the claims against Deshaun or is that he took advantage or that, you know, he, he made uh, inappropriate touching or, um, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And so it took six weeks, and that was obviously a highly televised case, as I'm sure this one would be if it ever went to trial. Um, my guess would be, you know, with that many victims, it probably would they, would, they would consolidate it into one trial, unless the facts were completely different for all of them. They would probably do that. They would probably try to shield the victims uh, in some way, unless they were willing to, you know, testify or, or have some sort of depositions or what have you. Uh, you know, it, it could take a long time. Um, yeah. But again, if a, a lot of this stuff, uh, it, you know, it's it's tough to say. I mean, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I mean, I mean, you could see it going six months, but then again, the court's time is precious, so uh, yeah. you know they might do you know things to expedite that. Okay. Um, interesting. All right, and then finally here, right. $230 million guaranteed given to Deshaun Watson when he came to the Browns. I self Browns fan. There seems to be some value. And of course, I'm not in his shoes, right? Thankfully. And, and, and I'm not, you know, you only get one name, right, Jeremy? So I understand him wanting to fight, uh, these cases feels that he's innocent, which he says that he does. And, and I don't know, right? Uh, so, um, he's claiming that he is innocent of all these things and he wants to fight all these, you know, see all these cases through. Isn't there some value in settling 
making a statement of your innocence, but it's just not uh, feasible to fight all these and then moving on because then you wouldn't have these additional cases trickling out, right? Um, you could, the NFL could rule and have a final ruling and you're in a new town with a new team and move on with your life. To me, there seems a lot of value in that, right? Like, and, and yet he wants to fight all these cases, even if he thinks he's innocent. Like, can't you chalk that up kind of as to the cost of doing business the way that he did it? Like, even if he feels that he didn't do anything wrong inside the rooms? Like, I don't, that's just kind of where I come from and a little bit selfishly as a Browns fan. Thoughts on, like, if you were Rusty Harden, right, if you were his attorney, would you advise him to do anything differently? Or would you say, if you feel you're innocent, we'll fight them all? Well, it's such a good question, and I think part of the attorney's role is to measure, you know, potential outcomes and to not guarantee outcomes but to say, you know, you know, number one, zealously advocate for your client, but then, you know, number two is to advise your client truthfully as to, you know, what happens and, and what are the p- potential outcomes? What are the potential results of those? What happens? You know, it's like, okay, well, if you go to trial, potentially you could lose and then you pay a bunch of money. And then of course you have it that it's out there. All this evidence is out there. And then yeah. you have to sort of work with that. You could also win. Um, you know, and then you could look at uh, the other option of, okay, we'll settle. What does that mean? Well, you could have potential non-disclosure agreements and, you know, you could have, you know, even the money could be non-disclosable. All those things could happen so you could protect yourself that way. But I know, like, for example, um, in some states, like in California, some of that stuff is limited. Um, yeah. I think mostly it's, it's applicable to the employee-employer relationship. But um, again, you know, you might have some difference in state law in terms of what's applicable. But to me, in my mind, you know, you never want to, I mean, one of the, like, as a, I did criminal defense work a little bit when I was, when I first got started uh, practicing. And I can tell you, and talking to a lot of my criminal defense colleagues, you know, the worst thing that could happen is that you, and this even happened in the movie The Lincoln Lawyer, you know, which I thought sort of, you know, displayed it, you know, correctly, is that your worst fear is that you, you know, you, settle a case for a guy or a woman who is actually innocent. Um, and of course that's what the court process is all about, but I think, and of course that's criminal, not, you know, we're talking about civil at this point, but um, Mm -hmm. in my mind, I would sort of advise, you know, Mr. Watson, I would say, Hey, look, you know, here's the facts of the case. Here's what we have out there. Here's what you're telling me. Um, You know, and you, and you might give, uh, percentages as to, okay, well, this is how I, you know, this is, this is the probability of this. This is the probability of this. Look, there's no guarantees to this, but this is the potential of this. You know, you can continue to play football. You know, if the NFL is not going to pursue those things, you potentially play and then you sign some non-disclosure agreements. I mean, uh, Elon Musk did this recently where he was uh, talking about how he settled with the SEC, even though he felt um, that he did nothing wrong, but he just said, you know what? Right. I pay the fee. I move on. I mean, so t- your point is really valid. I mean, if he, it's just, it, it, it comes down to what is your appetite? I mean, you could even compare the, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case and you could say, okay, well, here's, here's two people, particularly in Johnny Depp because he filed the initial claim and then, you know, uh, Ms. Heard, uh, you know, counterclaimed. 
But his big thing was, I just want to tell my story. I don't care about what the result is. There's some power in that. There's definitely some power in that. But look, yeah. it's risk-reward, right? He goes out there and he does this. That's the thing. If Watson were to settle, probably have non-disclosure agreements in play. You pay, you know, you pay these um, these alleged victims, and then you and then you move on with your life. And you know, America's a big sort of second, you know, um, second chance, you know, country. I mean, people love a love a winner. So the reality of it is, whether you like it or not, is that if somebody wins, um, you know, there's usually some forgiveness there, right? And then people sort of yeah. move on, but it's a risk. It's a risk in both ways. Yeah, no question. And, and very well said, Jeremy. I appreciate your time greatly. You know, it's so interesting. You know, it's like, it's interesting you say that, right? Like you would want to weigh the percentages for him and, and, and you know, you as an attorney, right, would look at the evidence and weigh like, hey, you know, here's our range of outcomes. Um, here's your percentage here. Here's your percentage here. You know, and like you said, his appetite, and Watson hasn't flinched on his, you know, appetite for wanting to see these cases, I think is a little crazy with the details that we have, do have, right? Um, but you also, for his attorney, Harden coming out saying, he's going to win all these cases. We know it, he's going to fight them all, and he's going he's gonna to win them all. Now, he may be just... I don't know. You tell me. He's probably playing the court of public opinion to some degree there, right? Regardless of what the actual evidence is. But, um, I mean, I think there's a zero chance that maybe he could beat him. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It's hard to tell. Yeah. It is. I mean, that's, that's, that's the tough part. I don't envy him. Um, you know, it's a very difficult situation. I can, you know, and I can imagine, you know, from from what I've heard from other attorneys and, and from what you, you know, what you hear from alleged victims and, and, and the accused is that, you know, uh, it's very difficult. You know, anytime yeah. you're in that situation and, you know, you subject yourself to a jury of your peers or, and it's just, I mean, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. You know, it's very difficult. I mean, there's a reason for the process. I'm glad we have it. You know, glad we have it you know, constitutional rights, and I'm glad we have the, you know, the, the, the court system to go through these things, but it's not, not to say that it, it's fun, you know, or that uh, it's a, yeah. um, I mean, these are very, you know, very serious allegations, and, um, you know, and Watson's going to need the best counsel that he can get to get through this. Yeah. Jeremy, I can't thank you enough, man. This is a difficult topic to cover, right? It's difficult to talk about because you don't want to, you know, you want to be sensitive uh, to the alleged victims and you want to still uh, hit the issues. And, and you did that uh, very uh, gracefully here uh, tonight with us on All Eyes on Cleveland. Jeremy M. Evans, Esquire, founder and CEO, managing attorney of California Sports Lawyer. Follow him on Twitter at Jeremy M. Evans, ESQ. Uh, he also is the host and executive producer of Believe in Sports Law podcast. Go check it out where all popular podcasts are found. That is of the Believe Network. You can also follow Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V Network on Twitter. Um, and also the president of the California Lawyers Organization, Jeremy M. Evans. Thank you for so much for your time, Jeremy. I know you're busy uh, and you're doing this in transit here today. We appreciate it. You're- great week on our show and uh thank you so much for your insight sir 
Anytime. I appreciate you, and uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you so much. Sounds good, Jeremy. Have a good one. You too. Bye.